John chapter 1, verse 35. It says, Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. So, now here's John. He's standing there with two of, quote, his disciples. And uh, these two guys had been baptized into John's baptism, which we talked about on our last podcast, uh, which was a baptism of repentance, but they were not yet followers of Jesus. Therefore, they had not yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And last week, or on our last podcast there, we touched on the fact that there is two baptisms. John performed baptisms, calling people to repent for the coming of the Messiah, but Jesus baptizes with the Holy Spirit. If you're interested, I do have a more in-depth teaching on the Holy Spirit that you can access on our webpage or actually on uh, this podcast through iTunes. But for now, we're going to press on through chapter 1 of the Gospel of John. And here we see John and two of Remember, these are, quote, his disciples standing together. And John sees Jesus walking, and again he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, remember last week we looked at verse 29, where John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And we talked about how the shadow of the cross was over the entire earthly ministry of Jesus. He was greeted with these words, Lamb of God. He came to die, and he knew his destiny here on this earth. And back there in verse 29, it is the first time the word lamb was used in the New Testament. But the first time that the lamb, or excuse me, that the word lamb was used in the Bible was back in Genesis chapter 22. It's a beautiful chapter in the Bible. The first time the word love is used in the Bible is in Genesis 22. It's also the first time that the word worship is used and the word fire. So what I'd like for us to do is go ahead and, and like I said, keep this page marked here in your Bible, but go ahead and turn back to Genesis, the first book in your Bible, and we're going to look at Genesis chapter 22. So I'll give you just a uh, couple seconds to get there. Genesis chapter 22. And let's, let's go ahead and read through verses 1 through 8. And we'll kind of talk a, a little bit about it as we go. But let's read through those verses here. So verse 1, chapter 22 of Genesis. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. There it is right there, the first time the word love is used in the Bible. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So you see, Abraham here, he didn't get many details from God, did he? He had to go by faith. So Abraham rose up, or excuse me, rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. 
Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. There you see the first time the word worship is used in the Bible. And we will come back to you. Now, notice there that Abraham said, We will come back to you. That is Abraham's faith speaking. He did not say, I will come back to you, to these young men. Abraham knew that had he killed Isaac, God would raise him from the dead because God had already promised Abraham that Isaac would carry on the line of blessing and the covenant. Verse 6, so Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. So here we see a great picture here. The wood is on Isaac's back. Just like the wood was on the back of Jesus, God's only son, as he carried his cross up that hill. And notice that Abraham took the knife with him up that hill. He didn't forget the knife. He, by faith, was going to go through with this. Verse 7 says, But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. You see, Abraham was with his son all the way up that hill. Then Isaac said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. You see, Abraham knew God would provide a sacrifice. But Isaac asked the question, where is the lamb? And you know, that question would be asked for years and years, from Isaac to Moses to David to Isaiah, all the way to the time of John the Baptist. Where is the lamb? And John the Baptist would be the one to point him out. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Wow. So all the way back in Genesis, Isaac says, Father, where is the Lamb? And his father, Abraham, answers, God will provide himself the Lamb. Do you see that? Jesus is God in the flesh, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And turning back now to John chapter 1, in verse 36, John points out again that Jesus is the lamb of God. And then in verse 37, it says, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So here again, we see the selflessness of John on display, pointing two of his own followers to Jesus. Many men and women today want to build their own following so they can establish a big church or multiple churches or whatever it is that they want to establish. They want people to come just to to their church. And they're trying to build their own kingdoms. And they're they're doing all they can to draw people to their churches. But still, people are dying spiritually. 
Turn to Second uh, Timothy. Turn to or the back of your Bibles, Second Timothy. And let me get there real quick in my Bible. Give you a minute to turn there while I'm getting there myself. Uh, let's see here. Let's look at chapter four. Sorry about that. I was a little behind on my own notes there. Let's get Second uh, Timothy chapter four. And let's start reading in verse three. Okay? It says, The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now that word fables there means a speech or a narrative story. And many people today don't want to hear sound doctrine because it causes them to see their sin. So what they do is they find pastors that are building their own kingdoms and they go to church and they become what I call pew potatoes. But John the Baptist, he wasn't here to build his own kingdom. It wasn't about him speaking marvelous words and attracting a mass amount of followers. It wasn't about him building his own little building and, and making it look just nice and getting many people to come and, and, and shutting down maybe other churches around him to try and get everybody to, to come to his place. That wasn't what it was about. You see, John was building the kingdom of God. John knew his calling. He knew his purpose. He was here to prepare the way for the king of kings. And my job as a pastor it's not to, to grow a church and be a people pleaser, but rather it's to point people to the truth of the Word of God into a personal relationship with our God. And that's the role of any good pastor. And there are many good pastors of good churches out there that are doing that. I, for one, will tell you this. I am nothing. And the only thing I can possibly do worth anything at all is give you the Word of God. Think about that. There's nothing of value I have to offer you. I'm a high school graduate, and that, that's it. And I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. <laughs> and I caution you to question everything that you hear on this podcast. Why? Well, because you have to become you know, a student of the Bible yourself. You have to know the Word of God for yourself. Don't just go and heap up for yourself, teachers. Don't just sit in a, in a pew of a church and, and listen and think you've done your religious service. You've got to know this God. You've got to know this Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He desires to give you life and life more abundantly. Don't get caught up in becoming a follower of any man or any movement. Jesus is the one and the only one that you should follow. There are no great speakers 
or teachers on the earth today that we are to be followers of. Jesus will speak by his Holy Spirit directly to you through his word. He said that his sheep will know his voice. Can he use man as an instrument to speak to us? Sure he can. But they will be doing so through his word. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1. So turn toward the back of your Bibles. And Hebrews is right after Philemon and right before James. I'll give you just a, a minute to get there. Hebrews chapter 1. Okay, and let's, let's read verses 1 and 2. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. You see, that's the way that God speaks to us. By his Son, Jesus. And remember, a few weeks back on a podcast, we studied that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, it is the Word of God alone that speaks to us, changes us, and enlightens us, and empowers us. So we must take all of our attention and place it on Jesus. The Word made flesh. And flipping back now to John chapter 1, these two disciples of John will now move away from John, and they're going to become followers of Jesus. John was a good pastor in that sense. He pointed people to Jesus, and he made sure that they were well taken care of in the hands of Jesus. And it goes on there in verse 38 of John chapter 1. It says, Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? So it's kind of funny. Jesus stops and he turns around and he looks at these two disciples, which we'll later find out were Andrew and John. And he asked them, What do you seek? And that word seek there is the Greek word zeteo, and it means to strive or to crave. So what Jesus is saying to these two young men here is, what are you striving for? What do you crave? What is your longing? And like all of us, when we were teenagers, they said, uh, I don't know, where are you staying? <laughs> But Jesus wanted to know what they longed for. Remember, this is Jesus. He is the one that brought the kingdom of God to our understanding by describing things like sowing seed and harvesting. Jesus wasn't intimidating. The poorest people loved to gather around him and children would run and climb into his lap. That's the kind of God we have. He desires to know what it is that we long for, but he knows that what we really need is the knowledge of him. 
And Jesus goes on to say to them there in verse 39, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. This was an amazing encounter for these two young men. Uh, to say the least, <laughs> verse 40 says, One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. So Andrew is stoked now. And the first thing he does is run and he finds his brother Simon. And he wants his brother to know that he has found the answer to what he has been longing for, the answer to what he has been craving. And what did his brother do with this? And he brought him to Jesus, right? That's what Andrew did with his brother. He brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So now that Simon has met Jesus, he has a new identity. Andrew brought him to the Christ, and his life was going to be built upon the fact that Jesus is the Christ. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew is the first book in your New Testament, so just a couple books back from where we are now. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. But turn back to Matthew chapter 16. And let's look at verses 13 through 17. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Simon knew that Jesus wasn't John the Baptist because he knew that John the Baptist was that guy that his brother Andrew had been hanging around with. But it wasn't Andrew or anyone else that convinced Simon Peter as to who Jesus was and is. Jesus stated that fact there in verse 17. He said that flesh and blood didn't reveal to Simon who Jesus was. It was God in heaven that revealed it to Simon Peter. And it's God in heaven that seals that fact up in our hearts today. You don't need me or anyone else to convince you of who Jesus is. You need to come to that realization within your own heart. That's where you need it. Deep within your own heart. You need to know who Jesus is. Flip back to John chapter 1. And let's pick it up in verse 43. John 1, 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. 
Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, Nathanael doesn't just jump right on board here without any questions. Okay, he has some doubts. And he starts to think, the Messiah from Nazareth? That's Joseph and Mary's son, isn't it? you got to be kidding. You know, he's just got questions. And, and I don't know, I'm just making those things up. But, you know, he doesn't just jump on board here. Because look what he says here in verse 46. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. You see, God through the Holy Spirit works in a unique way in the hearts of men. Some people hear once and begin to follow like Philip did. Jesus spent all day with Andrew and John. Others question and want to know more before they follow. Nathaniel was like that. And Philip told him, come and see. In other words, hey, come find out for yourself. You see, we don't have to try and do the work that God does in the hearts of people. We just need to tell them about Jesus. Come and see. Come find out for yourself. Once someone comes to him, he changes them on the inside. You know, six months into my Christian walk, and I was still cursing and drinking and dirty thinking, you name it. But I was in the hands. I was of, of the, the living God, Jesus Christ. I was in his hands. And he was beginning a good work in me that he will be faithful to complete. I'm still under construction, but I came to him and he changed me and he still is working on me. So all we need to do is point people to Jesus and watch him through his Holy Spirit do the rest. How did Jesus work in Nathanael's heart here? Look at verse 47. Jesus thought, or excuse me, saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. You see, Nathanael came to Jesus as a doubter. He knew where Jesus was from. You see, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. And growing up in Nazareth had a, a stigma attached to it. And Nathanael had this prejudice, but when he came to Jesus, he found out that Jesus already knew him. He knew where Nathanael had been and what he had been doing, but he wanted Nathaniel to come and follow him. And you know, many times people think that they can't come to Jesus because of what they've done or where they've been. But Jesus invites all to come. Here in this chapter, we see Jesus say, come and see. And when we get there to chapter 7, we'll see Jesus say, come and drink. And in chapter 21 of the Gospel of John, Jesus says, come and dine. He reaches out to people wherever they are, and he calls them to come to him. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said 
to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So there in those verses, verses 50 and 51, Nathaniel refers to Jesus as the Son of Man. You know, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man 83 times. Jesus was fully man, and someday as the Son of Man, he will return. Turn, if you will, in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of Daniel. So back in the Old Testament. You will find Daniel right after the book of Ezekiel and right before the book of Hosea. So if you find Ezekiel, go to the right. If you find Hosea, go to the left. And uh, Daniel chapter 7. And let's start reading in verse 13. So Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So Jesus was and is the Son of Man. He was not a spirit that walked on the earth with a halo hovering over his head. He was every bit flesh and blood. And someday he will descend from heaven just as he ascended into heaven. But Jesus also is the Son of God. And back there in John chapter, Chapter 1, verse 49, Nathanael referred to Jesus as the Son of God. And this statement came as a result of Nathanael being amazed that Jesus knew everything about him. This reminds me of the woman at the well that we'll study about in the, in the next few weeks or so on a podcast. She was a woman of the city of Samaria who had an encounter with Jesus one day and afterwards ran back to the village telling everyone to come and see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? You see, Nathaniel and that Samaritan woman both saw the divine nature of Jesus and that he was the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus told Nathaniel that not only was he the Son of God, but he is the Son of Man as well, and that he had great works that he was going to do on this earth, and that he would see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Do you remember the dream that Jacob had? It's in Genesis chapter 28. You can read it sometime if you'd like. But there was this ladder that was set on the earth, and it reached up to heaven in Jacob's dream. At the top of the ladder was the Lord God, and the angels were ascending and descending on this ladder. 
Well, now we see here in John chapter 1 that God became flesh and dwelt among us. He's now on the other end of the ladder. God has come down the ladder and is on the earth and has revealed himself to mankind. And we can know him and he dwells within us by his Holy Spirit. And he has given us power to be his witnesses here on this earth. He is fully God. He is fully man, and someday the people of this earth will see him coming with the clouds of heaven, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And here, in John chapter 1, we've seen how John the Baptist testified that Jesus is the Lamb of God, and a result of that was Andrew and John coming to Jesus. Andrew then testified that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and his brother Peter came to Jesus. We've seen Philip come to Jesus as the result of a direct call from Jesus. And then Philip testified that Jesus is the one prophesied of in the Old Testament, and Nathanael came to Jesus. The Lord reaches out to people in many different ways. Sometimes he calls people directly, and sometimes he uses others to reach people. But each and every one of us has a testimony. We can tell others about what we have learned so that they can come to know Jesus. Personally, I think that one of the greatest testimonies in the Bible is that of a very young man named Timothy. It says that from his childhood, he knew the Holy Scriptures. And that the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It is the scriptures that bring us to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And therefore, it is the scriptures that bring us to salvation. Because without knowing Jesus, there is no salvation for anyone. So I exhort you to continue to study the word of God. To continue to seek him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He loves each and every one of us with a love that is incomprehensible. It's incomprehensible to our human intellect. Remember, the God of all creation loved you so much that he became flesh to redeem us from this world. You've done nothing to deserve his love. And you will do nothing to escape from his love. But his love should give you the desire to love him in return and to walk in his way, led by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. As I said, study God's word. Know him personally. Don't heap up for yourself, teachers. Don't seek after men that are building their own kingdoms and desire to follow them. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son for you. And if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't come to that realization deep within your heart, you can know it's true. And I encourage you to even where you are right now as you're listening to this podcast, unless of course you're driving or something, fall on your knees today. Surrender your heart all the more to this living God we serve, Jesus Christ. 
Trust in him with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. He's there with you. He desires to fill you with the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor that will lead and guide you through this life. So again, thanks for listening. Check out our webpage at aloveoutreach.com. You can contact us there via Facebook or Twitter. You can also email us at info at aloveoutreach.com. We'd love to help you with any questions you have regarding your spiritual life, regarding questions that you may have about the Bible. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. God bless.